welcome to episode 7 of the Green and Healthy Places podcast with me, Matt Morley, founder of Biophilico Interiors and Biofit Nature Gyms. In this episode, we're in Greece at Sani Resort, a five-star property located on the Aegean Sea, just 70 kilometers from Thessaloniki Airport. Sani is made up of five hotels located on a 1,000-acre ecological reserve with its own pine forest, seven different beaches, 40 restaurants, and dedicated academies offering everything from tennis to scuba diving, survival skills, biking, football, and sailing. So they have an abundance of nature and healthy lifestyle options. But where the story really takes off is with their world-class sustainability program that incorporates hotel operations, biodiversity of the local site, and support for nearby communities. Our guide through all of this is Eleni Andriadis, Director of Sustainability and CSR. In this detailed conversation, we get into Sani's zero carbon achievements thus far, sourcing local ingredients for their kitchens, investing in photovoltaic panels for the medium term, recycling programs, and the goal to go zero waste within the next three years. This really is a masterclass in how to balance a luxury hospitality experience with the demands of an ambitious sustainability plan and a genuine concern for both wildlife and local culture. If you enjoy this type of podcast content, please hit subscribe or leave us a review and be sure to check out sani-resort.com. That's S-A-N-I-resort.com for some amazing visuals whilst listening along. Nada más, here is Eleni Andreadis. Well, Eleni, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I think it would be an obvious place to start, but I think really useful just to have a quick overview of, of Sani Resort, the, the business, the brand that it is today, and your role specifically uh, as Director of Sustainability and CSR. Hi, Matt, and thanks so much for having me. Um, well, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk about um Sani, uh, Sani Resort and, and what we do, what we've been trying to do around sustainability. Um, we're a resort uh, in, the, uh, in Greece. Um, it's a five-star resort, um, home to five um, hotels. Uh, we're uh, lucky to be um, housed in an expanse of um, uh, over 100, 110 hectares of land um, uh, um, a Natura European Network area of protected natural beauty. Um, uh, we have seven um, exclusive beaches and um, a natural pine tree forest um, cradles our, our hotels. So we've been very um, blessed to have um, our hotels in, in an area that's um, very beautiful naturally. And um, I would say that that was the... Uh, starting point for us in building this program. It's kind of been something that's been in the company's DNA uh, for uh, decades, um, since the founding of the company, I would say. But it's something that we've been uh, building further and further, um, what we've called the Science Sustainability Program. And that's something that uh, encapsulates the hotel operations. So at the heart of it, of course, is the hotel operations and how can we be most sustainable in how we do our day-to-day business, um, but then also going beyond that and looking at how what we can do to protect our local biodiversity. 
Um, so for example, the neighboring wetlands, there's a huge um, uh, area, wetlands area that's home to over half of the species that the bird species that one can find in the whole of Greece. And then how we can further um, as a, a third, what we call a third pillar um, and, and local community support and human capital development and partnerships. So how can we um, help locally to create a much better um, environment and a more sustainable environment for all in our local area? So it's it's an expansive program. If if I may just dig a little deeper then into the the ownership structure of the business. So it's family owned. So it, the the interest and the belief in in sustainability is coming from the owners of the business. Is it a sense of is it a sense of responsibility for the local community? Is it a sense of this is just how a business should be in Greece at this time in our history? Like how do you see that? Uh, the, fa- the the company did start as a family business. It was um, started, um, my grandfather started the business um, with a partner um, and my, my father is the CEO um, and uh, uh, a few years uh, uh, back, four years back, we had um, some investors come in. So we've, uh, our structure um, is now uh, is no longer a family business, although it's still um, there is ownership. The family still has a ownership stake in the business and uh, manages the business. So uh, that's all just to say that we the program predates um, any for investment. So I would say that very much it was always in the the culture of the company. When I joined the company um, eleven years ago. Um, I had studied, uh, I studied and focused um, on environmental policy. Uh, so that was very much a personal interest of me. So we, we built the program and structured it, um, structured it uh, sort of post my arrival uh, in the company. But, um, but it's something that's been very much uh, at the heart of the company and how it's been developed. And of course, now having, uh, what's interesting is that we're seeing a lot of these um, uh, investors uh, that, that have invested in the company being extremely interested in taking uh, these uh, matters even further. I think there's uh, there's just so much, um, finally, one would say, um, interest from the finance community as well. Um, you know, you, you see things like the um, European Green Deal, you know, uh, I mean, very much, you know, the world of money, if you like, is, 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 very much focusing on these issues now and realizing that um, it's the way to go, really. So I would say there there are uh, there's a pull from you know the the heart of the company was was always that the programs were were built that way and because it's the culture of the company and now we're seeing extra interest um, externally also and from the world of investment. It sounds like it's yeah tying in connecting that from sustainability through to CSR and and really into what's now being called ESG, right? So environmental, mm-hmm. social and governance as well, which seems to be really where the, the big portfolios of, of investments, specifically in real estate, are going. And then so that the resort at the moment then, it would be remiss of us not to at least cover this in, at the beginning of our conversation. So how has it been? What has been the impact of COVID? Obviously, it's been tough. How have you responded to the situation? And, and what are your plans going forward for 21 from a sustainability perspective? So we, there was so much uncertainty, as everyone knows, about whether we would even 
open this uh, season, um, we uh, we did end up opening um, not all the hotels, um, but uh, we opened uh, most of our hotels and we introduced uh, what we called the Only Itzani um, protocol, um, aiming to create a safe zone um, with world-class health and safety measures. Um, so things such as um, testing all guests, um, uh, offering um, social employing, ensuring social distancing, um, sanitation and safety. Um, we had we were the first to be certified as a COVID safe um, hotel and resorts uh, in Greece, and really just going above and beyond. I would say that we're that we're that we're lucky and blessed with a very spacious environment. So. You know, we only had the um, alfresco dining. Um, we have huge anyway. Even prior to um, prior to COVID protocols, we had uh, great distance um, in the beach. Oh my son! Can you hear my son in the background? <laughs> Sorry. It's more authentic. <laughs> Sorry about that. The, the, the nature, the nature theme, if I may. I mean, I think it's, it's you know, we, we touched on it briefly before we started chatting, but or recording. Uh, you know, it's 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 something that I've been looking at and have been a great believer in for for a long time, and it just feels like now there's perhaps, if anything, a greater appreciation for the health benefits of being outside, of connecting with nature. So, like, how how are you within the resort itself? Like, what examples do you have of both sort of within the context of COVID, but but also just you know, in terms of the, the operations of the hotel, how do you sort of promote that? Or how do you encourage guests to to connect with nature and to, to perhaps go beyond just lying on the beach and and to really go deeper into the nature that you have within your your the huge complex and the, the land that you have there? Yes, I I think um, what we've uh, what we've uh, definitely tried to do is to um, offer um, all our um, unique services um, in in harmony and in within nature you know I think um, for example I mentioned the alfresco private dining um, dining and then also private in your private garden on the beach in a secluded natural setting so picnics um, uh, so the so it's very much um, uh, uh, for us. Our unique natural surroundings are such a unique, you know, reason, uh, um, such a specific reason that guests choose to stay with us. Um, so of course we're, we're we're making the most of this, and you know um, we offer um, special experiences such as you know beekeeping trips. So for example, our uh, resident uh, beekeeper. Um, you know, you can don the whole outfit and go into the forest and see how um, honey is harvested. Uh, of course, bird watching trips. We have an um, an echo guide um, offering complimentary trips to the forest, um, to uh, the wetlands. So bird watching trips, as I mentioned, but also guided forest walks tied also with the mythology of the area. You, you know, we're lucky enough you can see the you know Mount Olympus across. Um, uh, sailing trips so you can enjoy the sea, uh, guided jogging trips, biking tours. So we try and offer as much as possible um, uh, in the only at Sani experience because it's really things that, you know, you can really focus on and, and, and do in Sani, which you wouldn't be able to do somewhere else where it would just be, you know, just a beautiful beach, which is also great, of course, and part of the reason that um, 
you know, the, the beautiful waters are another reason why people come. But um, and, and I should also say that the our whole sustainability program, you know, we don't want it to be something that's separate and that you read about on our website. We want guests to be um, experiencing uh, experiencing it, um, also parts of it as they're um, as they're uh, staying with us. So, for example, we have the Echo Day Festival, which is um, on, su- on on Sundays, and <clears throat> there we bring local producers um, whose uh, produce you can taste um, at the hotel, and they show you, for example, how they make, you know, um, uh, how they, they make some of these things. So, how they make like olive soap, or how they make tsipuro, or how they make. So, it's very much kind of a it's it's something that you can read about on our website and you can learn more about, but it's also something that we want guests to be able to experience, be it in nature or be it through meeting people like local producers and tasting local products. So it's that, that idea of, of nature being an integral part of the Sani experience. And therefore, you know, it, in this at the same time, you you have this duty and responsibility to protect the nature that is part of in a way of, of what you offer and, and what people come to you for. So so that's where the sustainability piece comes in beyond the you know, eco experiences at a sort of hotel operation and guest experience level. But then behind the scenes you're doing all this work around protecting the environment itself. So for example, like this the shift, the the conversion towards renewable energy sources. Like how much, how easy or complicated was that for you in, in your specific location in Greece? Could you sort of tell us about how you managed to do that? Um, we, um, we, last year, I mean, the, our carbon footprint is something that we've been looking at uh, for years. So we've tried to, um, uh, whenever looking at new projects or even, you know, um, uh, refurbishing um, our existing facilities, We've looked at adding renewable energy. Well, firstly, I should say looked at uh, energy conservation and then um, adding renewable energy uh, whenever we can. But what what changed last year is as part of the whole push towards um, uh, basically the Paris Agreement, I would say, and the renewed focus on um, all of us realizing that we have um, very, very little time to, to act on climate change was this discussion that we had about, well, we need to do much, you know, we need to do much more. We need to go much further. Um, So as part of that, the company um, uh, committed to a four-year plan um, to have a zero carbon footprint through um, a combination of measures. um, And that that was 2020 is going to be our first year of of having a zero carbon footprint. now this this year that's mostly um, coming that's coming from the renewable energy that we use on site, but also from um, offsetting uh, uh, the, our electricity use. Um, what we're aiming to do within these four years is to increase um, to add a huge capacity of renewable energy um, through net metering, uh, which means that uh, neighboring um, land uh, that uh, where renewable energy will be installed uh we're in the process of licensing at the moment um so that would be uh the reason for that and the difficulty around installing 100 percent renewable energy on site is that we don't have the the room to do the the surface area to do that so um so we're exhausting the 
uh, abilities that we have for renewable energy on site. And then we're adding um, uh, on neighboring land, uh, we're adding um, renewable, mainly um, photovoltaics. So that's a four-year plan that we're aiming to um, we're aiming to uh, complete. Uh, COVID was um, an unfortunate uh, sort of blip in that plan, but we're trying to we're hoping not to have um, to have delays because of COVID. Uh, even though, as I'm sure you can imagine, this year financially was um, was very very bad for tourism as a whole. But we understand and appreciate that we can't delay on acting on climate change. And this is our ambitious plan and an, our ambitious commitment to um, stopping climate change. So if I may, just on the on the PV panels, for, for those listening who perhaps might assume that it's, it's an easy process and there's really not much to it, there's a lot more behind that kind of a decision in terms of going big on, on what type of photovoltaic panels to, to install, how to install them, the type of timelines you must be dealing with, right, when thinking of you know, how long, how many years will it take before we start to really be able to see the impact. So how have you, what, what are some of the lessons that you've learned from that process? Because it is a bold move and it is, you know, it is essential, but still it's it's not an easy one, right, because it's, there's a lot of upfront investment and a lot of management and the technology is changing. How have you found that experience and what have you learned from, from implementing it? Um, yes, it, it is definitely, uh, it is a complicated process. Um, I would say we're blessed and specifically in uh, our part of uh, Greece um, to have very uh, good um, uh, applications of this technology because we have a lot of um, uh, abundant sunlight. Um, what we've done, because we, uh, uh, as a company, I mean, are... Um, primarily in the business of uh of tourism we we do we we are also in in real estate clearly and in construction but what we've done is partnered with um with companies that can uh help guide us uh, through this process um as you mentioned it's basically i think um, everything starts from um being committed to this uh from the top so i think the most important um uh step that we took is this commitment um, from the board level um, on um, embarking on this project and um, uh, and as you say the investment the the upfront investment um, and um, I think that was that was the key the, the key step and the rest um, um, so the the you know the company agreeing to incur this risk this uh, this uh, rather cost, um, uh, which will not have like a one year return clearly, but um, uh, just acknowledging that this is something that we that we need to do, and um, and then you know and embarking on this uh, on this uh, trip and this and this decision, which you know I think um, I think that it's something that um, our definitely as I mentioned our, our investor community is behind and very much encouraging. Um, as well as our guests are really appreciating. And the this is something that's very different to, you know, if you look at 10 years back, um, people were just not as, um, it wasn't something that they were um, as, perhaps as knowledgeable about. Uh, I mean, when I talk about these things now, I have to talk about, for example, net metering, you know, and it's not unheard of for uh, a lot of our guests, I would say, actually know what that is. And you know, so they, they want to know more and they want to know details about how we do it. And um, that's why I want to be very clear about 
exactly how we're doing what we're doing and have that transparency. And I should also add um, that we're certifying with, with, with ISO. We're going through the process of uh, being fully certified by third parties about, and, and this is the case for all our sustainability program and everything that we do that can be certified um, to give everyone um, the peace of mind that there is transparency in everything that we're doing and uh, all that we're talking about. I think that's one of the things I've really picked up already uh, whilst doing my, my research on, on you know, the, the, the brand that is Sunny today. You know, you could, you've, you've clearly got such a joined up approach. It goes really all the way through the operations of the, of the various hotels. So, you know, you can't just sort of put some photovoltaic panels in and then, you know, that's your sustainability strategy done. You, you've expanded, you've gone deep, you've gone wide covering everything, including the, the likes of, say, waste minimization in, in hotels, things like that. How did you, how do you overcome, say, limitations of having no municipal recycling services available, for example? Like, what have been the challenges in, in reducing the amount of waste produced by the various hotels within the resort? Yes, waste, as um, people might know, is, is a key um, um a key sort of pollution factor when it comes to hotels. Um, so it's something that we've uh, that we've really really worked on. As you mentioned, we um, definitely when I joined the company, there was no municipal recycling. I know since last year that there have been finally some steps towards um, having recycle recycling offered through the municipality. Um, for us, we what we did is we partnered with with private companies. Um, the, who collect the waste, charges for coming to collect uh, the waste and then sell, um, then pay us for the waste um, uh, and, and sell it. So to, 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 to say all this quite simply. So if you're looking at, um, for example, oil, used oil um, being recycled into biofuel um, and, you know, all streams um, of, uh, of waste, uh, of course, paper, plastic, um, uh, and this has, uh, I mean, we even um, have recently started recycling uh, old linen that has not been able, that we've not been able to donate, um, that has not been in a, a sort of a condition where we could, be, we could donate it. So um, I, I would say that we've partnered with, uh, with the, the uh, correct, um, we've partnered with um, people who've been able to help us realize this um, ambitious of, ambition of, becoming um uh if we could zero waste and that's our uh, that's our long-term goal um uh, at the moment we have a zero plastic three-year goal um uh, covid unfortunately did set us back um on that but it's something that we we've already reduced our plastic use um by over 90 percent um since we started the project um about seven years ago. So it's something that we've been looking at for a long time. We've had paper straws for a long time, for example, before it became um, rightly so um, something that guests really demand. Um, and um, I would say COVID has set us back uh, a little bit, unfortunately. we've uh, It's something that we're really working on as we speak, uh, preparing for next year. How can we look at all these individual wrappings, things that have been... Um, imposed uh for covid reasons so looking at you know looking at how we can we can um we can still be covid safe while also being sustainable um 
you know, and it's been it's been and still is uh, a journey. You know, we have to look at um, every single um, action, every single item. Um, how can we do this better? How can we do this less wastefully? And um, in some parts, it's been it's been an investment. Um, you know, I mentioned oil used oil recycling or you know can recycle cans. Um, that's something that you could actually financially make sense. Um, you look at other items like plastic recycling um, and prices, you know, are, I mean, it's really, really very, as people may know, very difficult. There is no market for recycled plastic um, at the moment. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a journey, it's something that we keep working on with the long-term goal of becoming uh, zero waste as much as possible. So it's about reducing waste. Um, and if it's not possible to reduce waste, than seeing, you know, how we can best recycle it. And in terms of where your role joins up and connects with, say, the hotel management, hotel operations, in terms of how or whether the guest experiences any changes in in their stay, during their stay that, that reflect this sustainability policy behind the scenes, you know, to, to implement these kind of changes, is the guest, you know, when you're talking about the sort of five-star luxury that you're, you're the, the industry that you're in, have you, do you find there's a, there's any tension there or is it, is it a case of communicating your sustainability strategy, for example, in the guest rooms or in the villas directly and asking guests to make some, let's, let's call it some modest sacrifice or is it all behind the scenes and the guest almost doesn't experience it or is it something you almost want to talk about and communicate directly? Yes. Um, well, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of all, all those things. I mean, uh, there is um, for sure it's something that guests, I would say guests are now on board with um, and they're even driving it in, in, Nowadays, in many cases, you know, on TripAdvisor, you get lots of comments about how, you know, you can do things better. And that really helps. Well, that really helps my department anyway. <laughs> um, but um, it's always a discussion that, that is to be had with uh, operations. Obviously, we, you know, I think that the kind of the idea that it was a trade off between luxury and um, sustainability is nowadays, um, thankfully, uh, no longer um I don't hear that anymore, really. I mean, um, uh, it's more things to do with with safety. For example, we changed all um, our plastic bottles um, to um, glass bottles um, in the rooms. Uh, we used to have uh, the, a complimentary bottle um, by the side table, and then we changed all those to glass. But the reason that we, we only did it um, uh, two years ago is because um, we uh, operations were worried that that because we're a very child friendly resort that they might be breaking and they might be um, there might be sort of health and safety issues. So these are all issues that we have to consider um, when looking at these things. But I would say that um, I would say that it's not a trade off. And nowadays, uh, looking at plastic, for example, it really does have a um, you know people are aware of plastic pollution. Um, I don't think people tie plastic, single-use plastic, with luxury. Far from it. So I think that um, that has that is that is helping our job in um, communicating that you know it's not it's not really luxury to have like um, a thousand small plastic bottles of amenities or um, you know plastic wrapped stuff everywhere. So 
I, I would say that um, I would say that it's not a trade-off, and I would say that guests are very, very much on board with that. And of course, it's something that we do discuss with operations and needs to. We need to consider a lot of different things, but um, I would say it's very compatible. Sustainability is very compatible with a five-star guest experience. You mentioned water. I mean, obviously, mineral water is, is one piece. But if we sort of zoom out a little bit onto a water strategy, this is something that we, is now a huge piece within you know, the green building movement and U.S. Green Building Council lead certifications, etc. And I was really interested to see that you've you've implemented your own water conservation strategy. How have you how have you done that, and what sort of um, what sort of tactics have you used within that around reducing the total amount of water that's used within the resort? Well, the first step was um, installing uh, low flow fixtures in all the taps. And that actually is something when I talk to um, other hoteliers, like smaller units, it's the one, it's a very quick um, uh, saving that someone can do um, also financially, I mean. Um, so that's that was the first thing that we did um, a long time ago. Um, we have very rigorous um, uh, processes in place for detecting leaks and not wasting water. Um, and then we've also installed a um, uh, recycling water system uh, that's used for irrigation, um, which has really helped with reducing our, our water use because we're, we have very expansive uh, gardens and lands. And um, uh, this, was a, this was a key element of, uh, for us in terms of our water strategy. And I know the that there must be a huge piece then connected to to that in terms of raising awareness amongst or internally amongst your staff. So in terms of sort of staff training or where, where you need to or have felt the need to, to reach out uh, and if you almost sort of educate or, or bring the, all of your bring the wider staff understanding um, bring those levels up so that they, you know, even down to the gardeners or the people on the front line serving guests in the hotels, that they also have an element of or you know some basic knowledge of of how the hotel is is or how the resort is implementing a sustainability strategy. So, I read that you've you've done over ten thousand hours of of staff training. How did that happen? And did you manage that yourselves through the sustainability team? Yes, that, that's something that we do annually. Um, uh, we have a, a, a big HR team um, who deliver um, these trainings uh, when when um, uh, when our staff first start, first uh, begin their um, job. Uh, the challenge that we always have uh, in Greece is that we are a seasonal operation, so we have um, a lot of people who are working. For, for the season, just for the season. Of course, we have a big part of that staff is repeat staff, but still that means that we have to constantly um, be explaining and retraining um, uh, new people um, right off uh, right off the bat. So um, that's a big part of us. So for our, the general in the general induction and the training, a big component is um, is uh, the tr- training and the focus on sustainability issues. And then, of course, there is a huge uh, amount of on-the-job training um, that's done, and um, uh, that's that's where also my department gets involved. Um, and uh, and I do I do I do believe um, 
what basically what, what you mentioned that um, changing the culture and, and educating um, people on the on these issues is extremely important. So we've included things like, for example, the um, Great Pacific Garbage Patch um, in our training. So uh, why are we doing all this around plastic? Um, and uh, I was very, very um, encouraged to see how even people who were hesitant because, you know, uh, granted it's uh, some of the things that we do, do make um, uh, people's jobs sometimes a little bit, you know, harder in the sense of, you know, you need to be, um, you can't throw everything in the same bin, you know, you have to, um, you have to be careful about these things and you have to go the extra mile. But I was encouraged to see how people respond really positively when you've made them aware of something that they might, you know, that they might not know. And it's very much something that you that we've built on over the years. Um, you can't expect, you know, uh, miracles from one day to the next. It's a culture that you build. And um, but, but at the end of the day, none of, nothing is possible if and none of this is possible if the staff isn't behind it 100%. And, and many times actually driving, even driving change and coming to us and saying, well, can we do this differently? I think we can do it this way. And, you know, that would make it more sustainable. And for things, say, then, if you if you imagine like the sourcing of, of ingredients and things, I mean, you've got such a wonderful gastronomic culture there and locally. How have you, how have you worked with, in this case, say, the kitchen staff or whoever's doing the procurement of ingredients for this for the kitchens. Have you developed a strategy there around fruit and vegetables that are local or seasonal? Have you been able to, to find what you need in that sense? Yes, yeah, so we have in our sustainability um, indicators that we, uh, that we use, um, we, local produce um, is, is one. So we have specific targets um, around using a local produce and national produce. So um, uh, we've managed to, to bring that to close to 60%. Um, and that's something that we, that we wanna, uh, that we wanna keep improving. And I think it's been, um, again, we're lucky that we have a really great produce um, uh, in, in Greece and in Northern Greece. Um, and uh, we've definitely worked with our chefs uh, in devising menus where we, we uh, really highlight local produce. And it, it really is part of the experience for the guests as well. Like they do want to experience the local, the local cuisine. Um, of course, we're, we're a resort that offers uh, a wide uh, choice of restaurants and a wide choice of menus. Um, so we also have, uh, for example, in our, we have an Asian restaurant. So clearly we can't... Um, uh, there's a limit to how uh, much uh, uh, local or rather exclusively local produce we can have, but we definitely do try and maximize this as much as possible, uh, as well as, you know, uh, running. And I think it's been a process. Like, for example, we had in our Sani Gourmet Festival, we had a local theme. So we had um, uh, invited chefs, uh, very renowned chefs to cook only with local uh, with local produce, we had our tomato restaurant cooking solely within a hundred with food that's been procured from a um, hundred uh, kilometer radius, um, and that I think you know experiences like that uh, made you know showed our 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 chefs and our staff that 
um, the, the amount of things that you can do also with local produce and discovering um, new local flavors. Uh, and that's something that we want to continue building in and do even better in. A lot of that sounds quite similar to things that we see in, in you know, heavily urban environments. You know, there's this big trend in, in the cities like London, Madrid, Barcelona, where I am, to almost like help those who are stuck, if you, if you want to call it that way, stuck in the city to reconnect with the land, reconnect with local seasonal food. So it makes total sense that you would then be, you know, given your location surrounded by nature, you would offer in fact, go a lot further than most people are able to do or, or businesses are able to do in an urban, urban environment. I, I just, I'd like to be respectful of your time. I just wanted to ask on a, perhaps a more personal level then, if, you know, if there was one thing, like what, what would you suggest for people looking to make a change, whether within their own business or within their own personal lives, within the framework of sustainability? Like if you could just leave one thought with people, what's the, what's the topic that's most on your mind at the moment? I think um, the urgency of it, really. I think we've become quite used to having, um, placing, you know, the key issues, uh, climate change, plastic pollution, biodiversity loss in the, you know, kind of medium term future, I would say. And now we've come to um, the limits of our of time um, that we have to act. And, um what we're going to be doing now and in the next, um, you know, I would say 10 years is very generous because we need to make these decisions now in order to be able to act and turn things around within 10 years. Um, it is, is going to affect um, our species and our, you know, our future uh, of our species on this planet. So I would just want to stress the urgency, um, you know, whether it's what you can do at home or what you can do um, in your business um, that's definitely what's what's guiding us uh, is the sense of um, there is just no time left. Time is spent. I'm totally with you on that. I think it's um, yeah, it's becoming increasingly clear that uh, there's really only one one way ahead, and, and we need to start moving a lot quicker than we we have in the past. But you know, glass half full. Looking at the more optimistic side, I think you know, potentially over the next couple of years we will see a. a if not a boom, at least more respect and interest paid to this this theme, whereas before perhaps it was still seen as something yes, and, sort of and, off the mainstream. And the COVID experience, uh, you know, has served um, to highlight just our dependency on uh, on nature. You know, once, of course, the conspiracy theories of whether this virus uh, was uh, man-made in China, which have been disproven, um, you know, once we got that over with, you know, we're just back to the main Kind of issue at hand which is what are we doing to nature you know and how dependent we are on nature and uh, for the way we live and how fragile you know balance is so hopefully this will also have helped people to um to realize this sense of urgency and to uh, hopefully connect and, and and see how they can be more in harmony with nature so, well I, then i think you're very well placed to uh to capitalize or to be to offer what people are looking for. Um, you've been doing it for a long time, but it may well be that yeah, there's an increased interest in that and appreciation of, of what you do uh, once all of this calms down. So if people want to read a bit more, um, what uh, websites or social media handles do you recommend in terms of uh, the resort and, and uh, yeah, learning more about what you do? 
Well, our website would be the starting point, um, sanyaresort.com. And of course, we're on um, Facebook and Instagram, uh, where you can uh, be uh, kept up to date with uh, all our news. But on our website, you can find our sustainability reports and um, information um, that, uh, uh, that you may want on, uh, on the project. And of course, we're more than happy to hear from everyone. So any ideas or questions that you want to send to the Sani sustainability team and myself would be more than happy to um, reply. And that's on um, info at sanyresort.com. Super. Well, we'll add all of those to the to the show notes. Thank you so much for your time. You're doing wonderful, wonderful work. It's really impressive, and I have nothing but respect for what you're doing. It's um, it's essential, vital, and important work. So, thank you for what you do. Thank you, thank you for your time, and uh, we definitely aim to do better and better.